Amigathon is back! Join the Amigos on Saturday, July 7th as they play Amiga games for at least 12 hours to benefit the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. For each dollar you donate, we'll play one minute of the Amiga game of your choice. Click the link in the description or go to extra-life.org slash participant slash Amigathon to donate today. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about UGH! <laughs> good God, y'all. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> this show is sponsored by AL8. Uh, it's not really, but it could be if you represent AL8. I got these this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, in uh, my father's homeland of Louisville, Kentucky. That's a great homeland for uh, bar hopping. This is, uh, AL8 is a beverage that comes from Kentucky. Yes. It, this and bourbon are the two most valuable exports. That's good drinking. Yeah, it's kind of like a little bit of Cherry 7-Up with a little bit of ginger ale. These mix well with any sort of booze. That's right. I might add. I'm into, uh, I was, maybe I'll save that for insert disc two. What's that? I was going to have some Fireball this evening. Oh, geez. It's been a while yeah, since we opened that up. You better save that. Yeah, AL81, the official drink in Kentucky. I was just telling both that they've got this, uh, the non-cherry version of this on tap at the local Dairy Queen right down the street from where I work. So. Mm. And the diet version. It's a magical place, Kentucky. Now, why do you figure they call it AL81? Well, I know the answer to that because right. on the label, yeah. it's, it tells you the secret. So AL81 sort of sounds like a late one. I, yeah, I kind of got that, yeah. Now, why they call it a late one, maybe because it was popular in the late night soda joints back in the... 30s. Those existed? I don't know. Late night soda joints? You know, what underground. What there? Just clandestine activities. <laughs> Is that where they had the underground domino ring or something? <laughs> With the a drinking soda, you soda know. Late night soda joint? <laughs> How many urinals were in that joint? Hundreds. Because this stuff goes right through it's you. It's right next door to the opium den. I thought it had tons of caffeine thing. in it. Let's see, shall we? I don't know that caffeine is given. Caffeine level is given on a nutrition fact. Well, I mean... I just assumed it would keep you awake. Mm. Wouldn't that be... That's true. A late one. Like, I'm going out for a late one. Better take a six AL8. But I've drank these, and I wasn't like... I mean, this right here is the... This right here takes care of your business on that. That's true. Or diet dew drop extreme. The best. You know, but still, thanks for the bottle of weird pop. No problem. No problem. So, Aaron, we got some feedback from last week. All right. Um, we had a couple new Patreon supporters. All right. Um, <laughs> Joe the Zombie wrote in. <laughs> Does Creepy Dead Boy know Joe? <laughs> I think they might be, you know, the sort of related. In the graveyard. Um, he says, I love your podcast. Immediate supporter. You guys rock. Um, Andrew Monks also became a supporter. And a third guy who wrote uh, a letter to us. And he says, um, I write with many great thanks for your work, which has been amongst the most cheering elements of the past six months. Um, he says, after a protracted period of illness and surgery last year, the show arrived just in time for rehabilitation work and reconditioning across the summer months, and I listened to the whole archive across that period. Holy smokes. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, this guy's name is Raleigh, Raleigh Burke, and uh, he had an, an A500 growing up. Uh, he bought it in uh, October of 1989 when he was a tender young lad of eight, so he's the same age as me. Um, he got it for Shadow of the Beast. Just like, just like so many <laughs> Amiga fans, yeah. Um, and so uh, he, he, he wrote us a real nice letter about how not only did he play games on the Amiga, but he also used uh, the Amiga in terms of uh, preparing visualizations. <laughs> photogrammetry. Photogrammetry. I don't know what that is, but that sounds like something smart people do. 
and also conference presentations. So sometimes we forget in our world of the Amiga, which is all games all the time, all the that time. there are, there's a lot of practical applications for the Amiga. Uh, just gaming. And so uh, thank Indeed you very games. much, Raleigh. You know, I, I read Raleigh's uh, letter, and uh, Raleigh is one articulate individual. He is. He's a very he astute man, and it was very nice. And I like getting... It's very, uh, uh, not to sound cornball, because I always say, but it's very humbling to get a note like that. I think to myself, someone of this caliber, or any or anybody's caliber, <laughs> if you heard us talking before the show, this weird low, we're no brow, no yeah. brow humor. It's even lower. It's funny because my, my head professor in Sheffield, when I was in England, um, he went to a university called Loughborough University. Ooh. And it's kind of a, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's not like, you know, Oxford or Cambridge, but it's a pretty good university. And I looked at it, and he's because I was going to go interview one of his his old teachers. And I said, and I looked at it, and I didn't know how to pronounce. It. I said, "So you went to Lowbrow University?" <laughs> he did not appreciate that no. at all. He was he's, getting yourself over worldwide. Yeah, he, hey, he, he went. It's Loughborough, and then he just looked at Loughborough sounds a lot better. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a German beer. It does. Loughbrowsers. Uh, pop me open a Loughbrower. Did I say that right? I wish I could. I wish I had one right here. Well. Um, we got some feedback about our Lethal Weapon oh, episode. Oh. Um, and so um, Figgy, Figgy CTZ, Patreon supporter, uh, he says uh, it's a, he agrees with us about the game. It's a solid platform. And the controls are very refined. Uh, he loves the music, especially in the first level. Yeah, it's pretty good. He sees that there was a split in platformers uh, from 93 and on. He said that that's when games like Super Frog, Simon the Sorcerer, Sleepwalker came out. He says the graphics kind of had, there was sort of a turning point in that between 92 and 93 where things just started to look a lot better and Lethal Weapon was part of that. So. And who'd have thunk it? Yeah, because that's a game I'd never ever played or even knew about. His particular theory is that this was when the A1200 and the 4000 were coming out, and so more and more developers were developing for the Amiga and not just porting things from the ST to the Amiga mm. at that point. So um, glorious days, those days. One more piece of feedback: Santar Five. Ooh. Wait a minute, no, that, it's Santar. Then five hours ago, but uh, it, sorry, Santar Five sounds pretty good. <laughs> that does. You can use that, Santar. You have our permission. Uh, he says uh, Lethal Weapon was the first game he tried with his one megabyte expansion for the 500. Ooh, yeah, extra memory detected. Yes, yeah. I knew you were. I was waiting for it. Um, he says my copy had a bug where it locked up when he tried to switch characters, so I always wondered how Murtog played. <laughs> Another great thing about classic computer gaming. Uh, how who played? Murtog. Is that Murtog? How you say it? Murtog. No. How do you say it? It's not Murtog, is it? How do you say it? Well, I, never, I don't know. I never thought of it. Let's, let's, let me see what it looks like on the page. Murtog. Yeah, maybe. I guess so. I don't think that's the way they pronounce it. Is it Loughborough? It's been a while since I saw that movie. Um, you knew enough about it to tear me to pieces. I make one small mistake. What are you talking about? about? You confuse it completely with Die Hard. Um, so thank you, Santar5. Uh, we appreciate your patronage and your service. And your made-up uh, name. That's true. Aaron, I like just toss it aside. It's been three weeks since um, our last live Amigo show. Oh, the news has been piling, it's, piling up. Not really, no. But yeah, we have piled up quite a bit of news. Before we get into the news, yeah, you yeah. have before you a Manila. No, it's more of a plastic. It's one of those new style envelopes. That's right. You get things from China in those. Well, this actually came from uh, Florida. Mm. But I'm sure the contents were not from Florida. Would now, you like to tell us about it? Absolutely. So this is probably 
you know the old thing. It's a, it, it's if it's new, if it's news to me. All right, this is this falls into that category. So you'll recall, boat, that on the Amigos official retread Amiga 500. Now we never had a power supply for that thing due to we our cheapery, and so we used the old Polish. The Polish inverter. Rig gimmick. That's right. The old AT power They spot. call it the Polish Miracle. Is that what they call mm -hmm. that? Well, hey, those parties look like the Polish Miracle from what I saw That's in true. the video. So, anyway, one of the problems with the Amiga is that crazy power gimmick in the back. So, I'm bebopping around eBay the other day, and lo and behold, look what I see on there as I pour this thing out. This, for you at home, is the power thing. Uh, it's that weird, like this is it. Five dice. That's right. There, there. Yeah. Someone is manufacturing these bad boys and uh, selling them. See, this goes in here. You put your wiring in. Wham, bam, Bob's your uncle. Very nice. So you could wire up uh, practically anything you want to that power supply. Now, I think I paid like seven bucks for it, and they had a ton of these. Now. Uh, again, I hadn't seen them before, but and we'd always lamented how you could never get them. Mm -hmm. And so they just appeared one day. And so if you're looking, if you get on eBay and just look. What do you search for to find that? Uh, Amiga Power Plug. Okay. That's what I looked up. Uh, in fact, I didn't even look it up. It just, it just came up. It just up. came to you. It just came up. And so you've even got the casing here. And then you've got a gimmick here to uh, put on the end of the cord. I like that. It's yeah. Sort of spring-loaded. Well, yeah. And so what you can do is, what I think I'm going to do, is I'm just going to wire this sucker up. Well, you know, I might use one of those. Uh, remember we talked about uh, the lady a couple weeks ago who had did the video of her using that uh, little micro power supply. Mm -hmm. This right here would go perfect with that. You do this on the end, wham, bam, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. That's what I'll probably try to do. That doing. sounds great. And I'll, keep, I'll shoot a video out if I do. But anyway, hey, for six or seven bucks, if you're looking for a cheap... Power supply alternative. There's your there's your there's your plug right there. I mean, you could make these, but like I said, I've been using that one that was that we that was came from Poland that they sort of jury rigged, and it's you know it's quirky because it could pop out at any moment. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So just a little tidbit. If you don't know about it, now you know. You ready you to move on? I'm ready. Let's do it. The news. So I'm just going to kind of arbitrarily get this because there was we've been gone for a little while. Okay. I can't remember what we did, what we didn't do. Um. So, let's talk about uh, Rough and Ready. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is the continuing saga of these cartoon games. Now, and from Hanna-Barbera. Now, I, I, as I mentioned, when I read this, I, this is another Dreamcatcher article, of course. I don't remember Rough and Ready. Me neither. At all. Me neither. Uh, and when I look at them... There's a vague familiarity to them, but I, I honestly, I'm shocked because you're normally you. This is normally something that's in your wheelhouse. It's you know? shocking to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like rough, and the thing is, I remember when we kept getting uh, uh, rough and ready confused with another game we were re rough and tumble. Rough and, and you said mm -hmm. it over and over. I think you yeah. build it the next week. Or Probably next week, rough so. and ready. So, but this is a, 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 a incredibly deep look into this game and all the various versions of it from Dreamcatcher. Speaking of him, here's another one. <laughs> this one hit me hard. Dreamcatcher, look at the game, uh, a Scooby-Doo game, and but it's basically, a, it, you can play as Scrappy. Scrappy Dude. You remember, did you watch Scooby-Doo much? Absolutely. I watched... So you remember this little guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't stand Scrappy, even in the old days. I never liked him. 
I didn't like gimmicky, cutesy characters. They would in, and it seems like the cartoons had them every time. They added them often. I think it was the, when 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 the initial viewership started to flag. They needed to inject something in there. Right, but so. I mean, I mean, okay. Let me, I'm just gonna go run through a, a few of these. They okay. always piss me off, right? Okay, you got the Thundercats, all right? You got all these big buff killers, high, mm-hmm. you know, Panther, chicken. Lion Woman. Then you got here comes Snarf to come in here. You already right. got the darn twins. Do we need Snarf running yeah. like an idiot? What about that? What about the show with the twins and one of them? Then there was that blob. This was like Thunder leaping. They were okay because they didn't talk. Uh, But here's something that did talk. So you got another show with a bunch of buff killers. There's hot chicks, a plenty cool bag guy. You hear it's He Man. Mm -hmm. Here comes freaking Orko. All right, another goofy character that Mm. no one asked for. No one wanted this guy. Nobody asked for Orko. Am I wrong here? (laughs) Did you when you go out to get your action figure, it's like let's see, I've got He Man, I got I got Tila. Oh, I'm gonna get the Orko character. He's a a goof. You needed a character like that in He Man, because He Man was slightly frightening to the young children and he needed somebody. No it was not it was slightly frightening to me. You were scared of the He Man characters? Which one scared you the most? Skeletor. He's a skull face. I'll give you that. He's a skull one. face he's, killer. He's, he's one of uh, skull face. There's yeah. a rap name for yeah. you right there. But uh, you know, so anyway, Scrappy Doo was like them, but more annoying. Mm. I couldn't stand mm-hmm. this little goo. Yeah, I didn't like Scrappy Doo. You know, I, another guy. You got Next Generation. You got these cool characters. Here comes Will, the the ten year old that's that's manning the helm. <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? Right, right. Let's just let the kid man the helm of this intergalactic starship. Now, did did Babylon Five have uh, its own Will Crusher? Absolutely not. They they were having no, no no truck with any of that stuff. No, they weren't going. Are you kidding me? That's a serious show. Yeah, they don't have that kind of crap. Anyway, it's a good article. Uh, I've not played the Scooby and Scrappy game, and shout me play. I did watch the movie cl- uh, where they. Scrappy oh my gosh! Have you seen that? This? Looks like an abomination. Uh, no, it's actually the, the guy they got playing Shaggy's pretty good, but the uh, the, uh, the Scooby's in the or Scrappy's in the film, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but it's it's pretty amusing. Okay, I'll check it oh, out. Oh, another one. I, uh, remember that you got the what you got the uh, ju- the, uh, the Super Friends, right. Superman, Batman. Are you always here? Comes here comes the Wonder Twins with their monkey. Isn't can't they also turn into water? One can turn into water-based stuff. One of them can turn into, like animal-based stuff. Who got the worst into that deal? Yeah, that sounds. You know, uh, form of. A, a, I remember they'd always Gleek would carry the bucket around so they could put that water guy in the bucket, <laughs> and then Jaina would carry them all. She'd turn into an eagle or a giant hawk or something. Are you kidding me? That's pretty dumb. That's that's, that's heredity really screwing you over. Yeah. <laughs> you got the ability to turn into water. Well, whoop de do. Right. You know, can it be water in any form? Could it be like a gas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can do steam attack. It's right in the eyes. It's still lame. Who wants it? What's your superpower? I could turn the steam. Well, get it out. (laughs) I guess because eventually you just kind of drift away. Make me uncomfortable (laughs) like a sauna. Get it out. Anyway, I can go on that forever. So moving on. Now, this was a great one. The brutal one. You know the one. Brutal Barracuda. Uh, Keep it in tune with the gimmick. The cartoon gimmick. 40. 40. Amiga games that were also cartoons. Now, that's a lot. It's a lot of games. Now, did he miss any? I don't know. But he, he covered a lot of these. And uh, I would like to play some of these. I was watching this the other day, and I'm kind of a sucker for crap. And <laughs> and a lot of these, like this this game, the Smurf game. This is this, right, not this up is, your alley. This is probably this is this, this is, is probably this is of probably all the games for you to start on. You yeah, pick this one. So, I, th- to be honest with you, I stopped watching it right before this. And it, it instantly, sort I remember of scared this game because uh, yeah, you're a ninja killing Smurfs or whatever you are. I guess you're. But that Hagger the horrible game. 
Like, first of all, who's not a Hagger the Horrible fan? Me. What? How long has it been since Hagger the Horrible? We talked about him. I don't think we've ever discussed yeah, him on this podcast. Exactly. He's just a generic, weird character. I know she went back to the Smurfs. <laughs> nah, well, I wanted to get back to Hagger. Look at this yeah, now. This Hong is Kong Fooey. This is the heck. This Remember is the, the song. Oh, I can Remember sing the song. Hong yeah. Kong Fooey, number one super guy. Right. I think uh, Scatman Carruthers was the voice of Hong Kong Fooey. What else is he known for? He was in The Shining. Uh, he, well, he was. <laughs> Scatman Carruthers? Yeah. Are you positive that he was in The Shining? Yeah. Okay. He's super famous. He's been in tons of films. Mm. Or you don't know who he is, do you? No. I just have a hard time believing that anyone named Scatman Carruthers would appear in a Stephen King he film. He did Skit, 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 you, know, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, like the Scatman. No, this guy's, a, that guy's a cheap imitation of Scatman Carruthers. I don't believe it. If anybody's ripping off anybody, it's you know, the other way around. You're a jazz guy. I thought you'd know who Scatman Carruthers was. You need to turn in your... Jazz, turning the jazz phony card. baloney metal. You really <laughs> hose that thing up. So let's keep a move on here. I'm gonna skip past some. So uh, okay. Oh, by the way, I want to mention in that 40 Grizz cartoons, a lot of Hanna Barbera crapiola in there. Hanna Barbera, the licensing machine for the Amiga, and they just, <laughs> hey, they never stopped. That's how they fund all of their new animations. Okay, here's another one. Speaking of cartoons, I, now this one I've never heard of. I think it's. I think this is. Uh, is a British TV property. You ever heard of a show called Round the Bend? No. Round the Bend. Uh, it it's, uh, looks like it stars... Let me look here. It looks like an alligator and a rat and a weasel. I don't know what the hell that is. Maybe it's a mole or something. I don't know. I've never heard of this. I looked over this... And I just had no basis for any of yeah. any idea of what was happening. Yeah. The Dreamcatcher. Um, and, and I don't know how obscure this is either. You know, so. this... this. But the, 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 It just goes to show that, that we think we know about British TV, but we don't know anything oh, about no, British Oh, no, I don't TV. think that. But one thing he goes into here is how they, they took this Round the Bend game, and they were like, all right, screw that. And, and they just basically changed a couple things and released it to the game. <laughs> so here it is, same game. It's back again. Okay, now we're. I'm, I, you stop me if we've heard from these before. Okay. So another uh, Dreamcatcher joint, and I don't know if we talked about this. It's uh, uh, he, but he, well, actually, we may have talked about it. Is Baby Joe is going home? The baby platformer. Now he's released a script for this. It's up on the G Plus page, but I don't know if we talked about the video or not. Did you watch? I don't this? think. I don't think we covered this. I think this, this is what this is. This came out right. Have before. you read this yet? No. That's high weirdness right there. It's a. It's a. It's a baby platformer. <laughs> no it looks kind of like the guy from Roger Rabbit. What was Wasn't it? his name Baby Baby Ralph? Baby or Herman like or Baby like Herman, that? that's what it was. Is that what it was? Yeah. I can't remember. Um, we, we have not talked about Dreamcatch's interview with Andrew Morris. Oh, now this. I'm glad you brought that up. This is tremendous. Uh, he goes into questions about what in God's name happened on Kid Chaos, which is a, we're going to bring him up later. But that's been a continual puzzlement to right. us. Is the, how, this how, guy's bizarre backstory. Mm-hmm. So it turns out. I mean, I'd heard some of this before, but it turns out until up till uh, very close to the release, that was going to be a cat. Right. Uh, and so, right. and then and they but they decided to change it. You know, and it, it, uh, uh, the publisher was like, "Nah, yeah, you know, we don't want a cat. We want something else. We want a big, dumb looking." Caveman teenager. Did you catch the name of the cat? Cosmic kitten. Cosmic kitten. Now, I think probably kitten. You don't want to go with that because that's too wimpy. But cosmic cat. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, I mean, let's face facts here. And no offense to 
anyone. Uh, but th- that don't sound like a winning formula either to me. Cosmic cat? Cosmic kitten. Well, cosmic kitten, no. But, but they cos- didn't say cosmic cat, did they? They said cosmic kitten. They should have ran it by us. Well, pfft. Oh, yeah. That would have really worked. But this is a heck of an interview. I mean, think about it, man. Uh, what what a get. You know, and this is really good. I, it's been a while since I read it, but I mean, I, remember, I really liked it. Yeah. So, you know, you get, you get some scoop on magnetic fields, uh, and it was very interesting uh, read. So if you haven't read this yet, uh, for God's sakes, go pick this one up. i, I got to make sure I get this on the Google Plus page because it's really, really a heck of an interview. And it solves some of those questions that uh, that you ha- may have had about Kid Chaos, the weird caveman, yeah. and again, doo-wop killer. If you're listening, if you're a if you're a listener of this podcast, and you never uh, go to our site, everythingamiga.com is where you can find all of these articles, plus links to all of our videos and all of the interviews. It's a real treasure trove of Amiga goodness. It's a treasure trove, all right. Um, <laughs> So let's get into a little site stuff that was that I can't. I don't think you have put anything up here recently. Have you? Is there anything I missed? I don't think so. So we had uh, uh, Brutal Barracuda has put up a couple mail bags in our absence. If you would like to go back and watch us get mail, we like it. So yeah, <laughs> feel free to check those out. Um, we did uh, several insert disc two. Uh, I don't know if if we've pushed them or not. Uh, Including the last, we did uh, one where we talked about uh, what would happen if the Amiga had never died, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, and we when I say we talked about, it, I mean we just we touched on a bunch of stuff, and that had to be one of those. And then last, okay, what did we talk last about last week? We talked about multitasking. That's right, yeah. multitasking. So that was another interesting uh, bit there. Um, we have uh, two new. Uh, ARG presents. ARG presents have came out in the past. I had a, just my, my brain just sort of short circuited there for a minute. I think it's the ALA one. I think it's kicking in. Um, we did one on the Beeb. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, by the way, and I mentioned this on the last episode of ARG, uh, but the uh, the guy remember that the, uh, I don't know if you heard. Did, did you listen to the last ARG? You can lie yeah. and say you did. The guy that actually programmed that Phoenix knockoff was like re- responded that he had done some other games. And he did the, the Frogger knockoff as well on huh. the Beep. So he did the programmer. And then one of the guys that actually runs that site we were playing the games off right. of. Right, he, he also commented. Commented on mm-hmm. so, so that got some interesting, who knew? Right. They were probably baffled that two goofballs from uh, you know West Virginia are playing BBC Micro games. Uh, and I ended up uh, watching the BBC Micro film, which we talked about. So I'll talk about that and insert this too. But I, I, I was beeping it up for, for a weekend there. And then, and we should probably talk about this, as we've never really formally addressed it, but uh, last week, me and uh, Brent, the Brentster, the Round Mound of Sound, uh, we talked about uh, the Atari Jaguar. Mm-hmm. And I pronounced it Jaguar the entire episode. I went back and listened to it, and I was appalled at my Why? Own. That's how we pronounce it here Well, in it's America. not the way it's supposed to be pronounced. And you know someone's going, oh, those bloody Americans, they cannot pronounce Jaguar. And pronounce it Jaguar. And we Jaguar. Do. We do. That's we, what we do. The Jacksonville doing. Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what we call them. There's a W in there. That's what we say. But we played uh, Pinball Fantasies. Fantasy Island. Remember him, Mr. Rourke? I've never seen Fantasy Island. You've never seen Fantasy Island? No. You know who his little buddy was? Tattoo? Yeah, Herme. Herve 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 yeah. You need to watch some of those. At one, uh, one point, 
Mr. Work Fights the Devil. Oh, that sounds great. Enough said. <laughs> is that the same as Love Boat? It's the came on directly after the Love Boat. Are same, they tied together producer. in any way? The Love Boat did dock at Fantasy Island occasionally, yes. Mm. That's the truth, so there you go. Anyway, and Brent looked at Bubsy. This game, wait. Not good. <laughs> Another in a long line of garbage platformers that we've been that we have looked at. Uh, so, uh, why don't you tell everyone in a formal statement what's going on with ARG Presents? Which, since uh, some of the people here, I'm sure, listen to ARG Presents, so why don't you give them the scoop? All right. So, uh, let it them off. let it be known <laughs> that Aaron has fired me I'm from s- my own show, Steve Jobs style. That Lethal Weapon episode pushed me over the edge. Um, and you had to go. You no, know, uh, we've decided that um, that three shows a week. For Mr. Boat is one show too many. I was becoming very stretched with uh, the amount of time that I was I was putting into this stuff, and um, the 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 show was becoming more of a job than something fun. And I always told Aaron whenever that happens, we got to change something. So I've stepped away from ARG, and um, I'll, I'll be back. I, I might do some guest appearances if Aaron will have me over. Is it a threat or a problem? Amigo Studios East, where it's filmed. If you could take Brent down, you're in. <laughs> Battle to the death. Um, and uh, but like I said, uh, you know, I I love Amigos is my first love. I'll never leave it. Uh, as long as there's a podcast, there will be Amigos. But uh, ARG, even though I, I sort of you know spearheaded the whole ARG full, concept, full, fully created and, um, it, placed and, it out. Yeah. Uh, it was just, like I said, guys. You know, I, I want to be able to to concentrate my full efforts on what I do for Amigos, and then have some time left over to play, just play, 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 play stuff. You know, not necessarily sit down and say, "Well, I've got to do this for the show because the show is this week." And so, um, but I'm glad that ARG is continuing. I did watch it. I didn't just pretend to watch it. I truly watched it. Um, and you guys are doing a great job. Oh, um, I can't wait. When you get some of the other guests on there, when when Wilcox is on there, and um, just there are so many people that we know that are so colorful. That's the best adjective I know to describe them. Yeah, maybe well, Chad will even wear his Indiana Jones costume uh, on the show. It was requested. <laughs> well, me and Brent are. I mean, we're going to go ahead and listen. Boat's right. He was spread thin, but I, given my low. Uh, I set my I set my sights low, as you know, real low, and so this allows me to splinter myself into several hundred <laughs> shards and just spread them across project after project. And spreading the doubt. Each love. one of them half faster than the next. Right, <laughs> that's sort of my motto. And so, with that in mind, I thought to myself, "Hey, who do I know that fits the Aaron frame of mind? Well, why would you bring in Brent?" And uh, and Brent uh, hopped in. So we're going to be running the show. We are going to have occasionally have another person come on and join us. Uh, in, in the arcade, we'll be shooting. I guess we're going to permanently shoot ARG over in Amigo Studios East, uh, and uh, hopefully with some better. Uh, we're getting, we're working on it, but it looked okay, but it wasn't the best. But uh, uh, we're going to uh, keep the ball rolling. Uh, Why don't you give a little uh, teaser for what you're going to be talking about this week? Well, this week, I had to bargain with Brent. Because he does, you don't just come and take over boat spot on ARG. Uh, it has to be. I have to beg. I had to beg to get someone to take that seat. No one wants it because because I'm on the other side of it. So Brent said, "Listen, I came in. I played this god awful game that boat picked for me on off the wheel, 
So I get to pick whatever I want this next go around, and so I roll into, of course, because mm -hmm. I fold like Superman on laundry day. You know, I use that all the time. Oh yeah, the first time you told me that. And and uh, um, let so Brent chose this week. We did not spin the wheel or make the deal. He chose to play games from the Famicom floppy disk collection, which I've played practically nothing. Well, you've played more than you think, because a lot of those games came out in cartridge form on the NES. Well, I understand. So, uh, but so we're going to play a couple games off that, and then I think we're going to reintroduce the wheel and uh, uh, give that a whirl. Get it? Yeah. And uh, see how that goes. But we're sort of we're still finding our footing. And uh, uh, those shows are not going to be live streamed, correct? No, I don't have the capacity to uh, do that yet. Uh, possibly in the future, but uh, we, uh, our taping, we're, the way we're filming these is, is going to be weird because Brent's schedule is a lot like boats. I've got apparently nothing going on. I can just schedule, <laughs> schedule another show. I'm going to do a show of beekeeping one week and, you know, did grieve everything. So, but yeah, that's what's going on. The Amigos are solid. We're not going anywhere. That's right. But, uh, and Boat will still be around. I can't get rid of them, but... Uh, I'm Ozymandias. For the foreseeable future, it's a Brent and Aaron joint. There you go. Aaron, it's time. We talked about the news. We talked about the feedback. No, I'm not done. I got more to talk about. Talk away, man. Because, you know, today's game. All right, tell them what today's game is. So today's game is UG. UG. All right. And so me and Boat got to talking uh, UG a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago. I can't remember what we talked about it, But we are talking about, hey, there was a lot of games that were, like, based on cavemen prehistory. Mm -hmm. So I went out. And, and wrote down as many as I could find on the Amiga. And I thought we'd just go through a few just for fun. Okay. And discuss them and, and, and see which ones you've heard of, right? So these are the ones I found. Now, I, first of all, we know that no list like this is complete. There's going to be some obscure thing or something not obscure that I'm just an idiot on, okay? But I, I thought I'd write some of these down. So the ones I found, and some of these we've played, there's a game called Big Nose the Caveman. Have mm -hmm. you heard of that one? Yes. You have. Is that Received a console release. Really? Yep. Uh, I believe that it was a Aladdin. Um, oh, that weird. Yeah, the yeah, weird the thing. weird system on the nest. And I think that it had a sequel called Big Nose Freaks Out. <laughs> You've got to be joking. I'm not joking. We need to play those. <laughs> Big Nose Freaks Out. Uh huh. What was Big Nose up to? Let's listen to a lot of Zappa. <laughs> There it You're is. Right, I'll be darned. There mm -hmm. it is. So, Big Nose the Kid. Now, you've not played Big Nose, I'm guessing. No, I, I've never played it. Um, another game uh, in the caveman genre. You ever heard of this one? I know you have. BC Kid. Yes. Right. We played BC Kid, and uh, very popular. Would you say this is? Well, well, we'll wait. But that's probably the best caveman game that. For, out of most of them. Anyway. <laughs> Between that and Big Nose, I think BC Kid has the has the edge. So the next one in line, Kid Chaos. That's right. why I threw him in there, despite the fact he's not looking like a cave. Well, he looks like a caveman. He, re he represents Letterman a race jacket. of cavemans. That's <laughs> it's just like he's like Zool. <laughs> right. He's not a caveman, but he represents a race <laughs> of cavemen. So then you've got Cavemania. That I don't know about. Cavemania three. <laughs> 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 See the rock some take on stone cold. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm surprised there's never been a caveman wrestler. There should be one. There, I'm trying to think. Of, I, you know, I'm trying to think of. The, I remember anyone doing a caveman gimmick. Or I thought, man, I'm sure in the fifties. Because I mean, like, it's perfect. Now for, there was a guy called the Missing Link. How about that? That's pretty caveman. Yeah. So, 
Cave Mania. I've mm-hmm. not played that one. Now you got Chuck Rock mm-hmm. and Chuck Rock's son of Chuck. Mm-hmm. Now we have had a cup of coffee with these. We've never reviewed them. Or, or took a look at him. I've played him a bunch of times. Have you played Chuck Rock? I don't Great think music. so. Are it's, those platformers? Yeah, and at the beginning of Chuck Rock, there's like a, a caveman band that plays. Oh, that's pretty neat. And, they, and they're pictured up there. It's really cool. Is it like the Rockefeller Explosion? Rockafire. Rockefeller Explosion. would be a whole different band. <laughs> um, then you've got Joe and Mac, Caveman Ninja. Mm-hmm. Now, that's an arcade port. And that came over to the Amiga. Well, there are lots of Joe and Mac games. Well, on the Amiga, there's just one. And Have you, Caveman Ninja, I'm not, I'm not, I can't comment on. I mean, you, can you be a you caveman? Not this one? No, I mean, I played a Joe, I played Joe and Mac, but I, I played on the Super Nintendo. I've never played Caveman Ninja. Yeah, you can be a Caveman Ninja, I guess. Depends hey. on, I guess if cavemen are in Japan, that's true. They yeah. would have had to have been. So, then you get a game called Prehistoric. With a K. That's, yeah. You're, no, yeah. nothing on that one. I, I haven't played that one either. Now, what list would be complete without the Flintstones? Right. Now, I have played many Flintstones games. In fact, I played one to completion on a stream not long ago. This one looks like some sort of adventure game. Mm. It doesn't. It's not like an action game. Like a point and click? Like a... I, th- I don't know. It looked real strange. Really? I, yeah, it was a weird one. Now, well, what, let me what tell is, you. Let me tell you. The, the, one of the first CDs I ever bought was the Flintstones soundtrack from the movie. Do you remember the movie with John Goodman oh, yeah. and Fred? Yeah, I didn't go see that. I was appalled at that. And, and there, of course, it was all the, the, the B-52s did most of them. They were the B-C-52s. Yeah, yeah. And um, Green Jelly. Do you remember that band, Green Jelly? Yeah, they, they did, were Green Jello. And they the, yeah, their right. Name, and yeah. they did a cover of Anarchy in the UK, but they called it Anarchy in Bedrock. And finally, about this to complete horrible. it, the Crash Test Dummies did a song called In the Days of the Caveman. Uh-huh. So I'll just let you think about what that might you sound know, like. As an added, I'll just throw this in. The, the Flintstones movie got a pinball machine. All right. And the back glass on. This is classic, like '90s baloney, right? Mm-hmm. That back. That was glass, a data east, probably. The back glass on it has like the people from the film. So right. you've got John Goodman, Rosie O'Donnell, all these goofballs. Well, guess what? Nobody wants that on, at home in 2000 XX. Mm-hmm. Nobody. You look up like the, another movie, movie tie-in movie like that was the Phantom had a yeah. pinball machine, and that had uh, uh, what's his dude in it, uh, Baldwin, right? He mm-hmm. played, so the backlash is just a big picture of Baldwin going like, Marr. right? Nobody wants that. Johnny Mnemonic's like that too. So what they've done is they've made they've retrofitted these with better, less annoying pictures. A wise decision, you know. So and that was one. Now unfortunately, you can't change the sound samples, <laughs> so you're going. Although they're working on it, I'm yeah. sure. So anyway, the Flintstones. That's the one you might want to put on your wacky list there. Um, here's another one I had to throw in here. Now, this is this one is slightly controversial, but there's cavemen in it. So I put it in here. One of my personal favorites, Primal Rage. Yeah. Primal Rage, the you, dinosaur you fighting You eat game. the cavemen, right? You, or you could also whack them. With your, mm. you, know, you could kick them and, and whatnot. Now, but they're back in the background worshiping and stuff. It's mm. pretty cool. And they actually get involved in a game where you play. I think you could pick one of the village up and play Pong with them. Really? Yeah, if you get to a certain, there's a hidden thing. Mm. Now, this is a very controversial one, but I stuck it in here, and I'll let you be the judge. Toki. Do you remember Toki? Yeah, we did an episode on right. that. Uh, that's sort of caveman-y. He's more a jungle man. Uh, but Where do you draw? There's such a thin line between caveman yeah, and jungle Yeah, that man. was, I was like, eh. And then, now I had to include a couple. Now, these were not released on Amiga. I just picked a couple that I really liked. So, I, I mentioned them here. 
One of them was BC's Quest for Tires. I can't believe this didn't come out in the Amiga. I'm surprised by that, too. It was out on the Atari 8-bits, the Apple II, Coleco, C64, Doll. Everyone got one. ZX, but not us. Uh, and in the sequel to that, which I had played, it was really good, too. If you, I don't know if you ever played a BC uh, Quest for Tires 2, Grog's Revenge. Another game that got a C64 release. I don't know why we weren't getting any of this action. I mean, they're older games, but you could have, you know, come on, give it, give it to us. But was BC still relevant in the in the early '90s? No, no. But I mean, '85. Yeah, you could probably put them on there. Uh, and then, and last one, we talked about this one quite a bit uh, the other day. The Caveman Ugg Olympics, or what was right. it on the NES? Just Caveman Games. Caveman. caveman I, I, they games. did change the name. I looked up same game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was another C64 title, and also was out on the PC and the NES. So great game. I have a story behind. This. All right. Yeah. Okay. So probably my thirteenth, twelfth or thirteenth birthday, uh, we were staying with my uh, we were staying in my my uncle's cabin in Hinton. You been yeah. to Hinton before? I've been to Hinton. They got a lake up there. Yeah. So um, this is in the middle of nowhere. You know they don't have they don't have TV. Of course, I was never allowed to bring like a video game system on these trips. Um, they did have TV. They didn't have cable. I watched a lot of Star Trek reruns they had on VHS. Anyway, tremendous. Um, my birthday comes. And I'm like, oh man, I bet mom and dad, they just, they haven't told me, but they brought like a bunch of presents and a cake and all this, and they're just waiting to spring it on me because they know my birthday is during our vacation and they wouldn't just leave me hanging. So my birthday comes and they're like, happy birthday. And I was like, Where, where's, where's all the stuff? And they're like, we'll take you to, we'll take you to Kmart and you can pick out a Nintendo game. And I was just like, the worst birthday ever because like grandma and grandpa aren't here like we're, they always get me presents and stuff i was i was upset you're getting jobbed out i here. was yeah. i was so we went to kmart and i still remember this clear as day you know they had the big wall of nes games you could choose from and i was like man i've played ninja turtles before teenage mutant ninja turtles and this is a good game i really want to get teenage mutant ninja turtles but then as soon as i was reaching up to grab it i saw it caveman games and the the box is dumb I mean, it's real dumb looking. It's it's like the 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 tiers where you stand on when you get your trophy, and it's like somebody whacking somebody. And I don't know why so, I thought that was cool. It is cool. I, I disagree <laughs> with you. But for whatever reason, I was like, I'll take caveman games. <laughs> so, no wait, was this the Teenage Ninja Turtles, the original NES? This is one? the original. You NES made the one. right call. Well, at any rate, so I've got caveman games, right? And we're on our way back to the we're on our way back to the the the, the cabin, and I, I'm just thinking it's going to be another week before I can fire this up. And so I've memorized that manual, oh, every man. word in it. This is the big disappointment about Caveman Games. It's one of those games that's a button masher. You know, it's 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 your normal track and field game. But this game is so crazy difficult on the NES that you have to have a turbo controller to do some of the events. There are just some you can't physically push the button unless you're some sort of like super freak like your brother that has amazing yeah. button pushing powers. Yeah, he is amazing. Um, but um, it was really disappointing. I was disappointed by the game um, because I didn't feel like I should have choose chosen Ninja Turtles. That's it. No, that's I, the story. That's a sad tale. It is. It's a. It's. It's really one of the things that sticks out most about my youth. God. I don't know what that says. You, pampered, <laughs> you were a pampered kid. Yeah, yeah. Tells me. That was the worst grief. thing that ever happened to me. 
So, I liked Caveman at Olympus. It's just a great event where you take your mate and throw her by the hair. You do. It's Hilarious. Just, it's just like a discus event where you're spinning her around and you let her go. Won't, uh, I don't think uh, we'll be seeing that one in a re-release anytime soon. No, no. <laughs> it's funny. I was, this is completely off top, but I was watching... Uh, I was watching a video today of Fernando Valenzuela throwing his no-hit game. This is a baseball player in America. And I love Fernando. I don't know if you remember Fernando. Oh, yeah. And Vin Scully is doing the call. Mm -hmm. And he, Vin, he goes, he said the day, he goes, this will be a great day for Fernando's kids if he could pull this off. And he throws, he throws the ball. It's a double play. He goes, he's done it. He's done it. He's done a no-hitter. He's like, all you people sitting around the house, if you've got a sombrero around, throw it in the air. <laughs> and I thought, and I, I was... And, I thought to myself, you he they would come down right. of it's going oh, for yeah. saying that. He would have been gone, fired. Yeah. And and uh, people don't realize that uh, Fernando was a, a huge Latino. Man, it was a big. It was a non-Latino star. He was a huge deal. Oh yeah, yeah. You people know, loved it was, him. I loved him. Back he was day, just barely I, below the might and the power that was Chris Sabo. Oh God, <laughs> I watched Chris Sabo the day. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Here we go. So, with all that in mind, we're really going off on tangents uh, left and right. So, we're going to get into it here. This is UGG. Uh, now, first of all, let's just talk about the the name of the game. U-G-H exclamation point. Right. Not exactly something that makes you want to rush out and purchase it. I'll tell you one thing, brother. If you want to try to do research on a game, wrong name. <laughs> Turns wrong out name. there's a lot of things that have UGG in it. Yeah, a lot. And so this was not the easy. And there wasn't a lot to find, but it was not the easiest thing I've ever done research on. So this uh, game came out in uh, 1992. Uh, one big disc, and it was developed by an outfit called Ego Software. Let's get into Ego just for a minute, just because I found this an unusual outfit. If I can manage to turn the page here. So Ego was a, it, they're, they're still around. They're called Ego Soft GmbH. I don't know what that means. We don't know what the GmbH means. I, I, I know, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, and, but they're a German uh, video game developer based in uh, Wurzelen, Germany, which I've never heard of. It was a U with a two gimmick over it. Yeah, you know, it's, me that's there. always trouble. Um, so it was. They were found in '88, and their claim to fame is that they are known for the series of games called the X series. Oh, really? Yeah. Now that's you, interesting because I just spent last weekend talking in depth with my cousin, who's also a YouTuber. And uh, he was telling me that I need to try these X games out. What yeah. a coincidence. Yeah, well, there you go. So, uh, but it, but that was a long time after the Amiga. Sure, so yeah, yeah. I looked at what they did on the Amiga, and this was wacky. And I wanted to go over this with you. So, in 89, they did a game called Hotel Detective. She was a hotel detective. You know that song? I don't. I don't think that exists. And then they did a game called Fatal Heritage. But then they started doing some wacky stuff. So they did a game called R1, R2. And it was a promotional game for something called Reems, Reemsma. Which I don't know what Do that is. know what that is? But no, I don't. But here, here's where it gets more interesting. So 91. So anyway, that was, a, that was a promotional game. So in 91, they did a game called Aquarius Game. It was a promotional game for Aquarius. You so, mean the Mattel Aquarius? Th no. I don't know what it is. It's some kind of brand name. Mm. Maybe it's German. So the same year, they did a game called Pepsi, all over the world. Promotional game for Pepsi. These are on the Amiga. Really? Promotional games, yeah. So it's not over. This is the best one. So in 92, they did a game called The Light American Space Game. Promotional game for Philip Morris International. Oh my gosh, the cigarette folks. Yes. Wow. They ended, another, that same year, they did another game uh, called Come Together uh, Around the World. Promotional game for Peter... 
Stoy Vesant. Stoy Vesant, yeah. You want to help me out there? Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen that name before, but I don't know where. So that's the game they did right before UG. And then they weren't done yet. In 93, they did a game called El- Elephantin. And there was a promotional game for the World Wildlife Fund for nature. So they did one, and then the last one they did on for the Amiga, the Ketchup Connection, <laughs> promotional game for Kraft Ketchup. Wow! And so they did a bunch of promotional games. You know, I've ne- I, it's it's amazing. We've been doing this show. This is our 150th episode this week. No, it's not. It's our 149th. I apologize. Um, I've, uh, and um, but we <laughs> just dropped the milestone. <laughs> this is a hundred. Oh wait, no, it's not. It's we, nothing. We I've never come across any of these promotional games or any promotional games. For well, the that's not true. We did that one where there was. The, oh yeah, I guess we've done a million of them. Yeah, like James Pond and uh, and also the one with the the puzzle game that yeah. had the, the that got the curly off, that's quavers. Yeah. yeah. So um. GmbH it means you know how they put LLC at the end of things here. Yeah, it's the same thing. Limited okay. liability. Thank you, Duncan, in the chat. You know, just I just looked over the chat and uh, it said Henrik has mentioned Ega. Mm-hmm. What a film this is! Have you heard of this before? I've seen Ega many times. Is it better or worse than the one that Ringo was the caveman? Much in? worse. Mm. The one Ringo was in was called Caveman. It was great because they invent music, and that scene alone was great. But. Ega stars uh, the same fellow that played Jaws in the Bond movies. Uh, I'm going to say the same guy that played Jaws. Have, no. <laughs> and uh, it's about a caveman that lives out in the deserts in California, and he's he's a surf boy, and their girlfriend stumbles. So by it's him. like Encino Man. No, this caveman is old school, big, lumbering, creepy guy. And there's a scene in it where the caveman is captured. A girl, a hot girl, and her dad. The dad's impaired. He can't do anything. He's hurt. And so he's telling the girl just to play along with the caveman. So the caveman, what the caveman wants to do is not savory stuff. No. He, but no. The, that dad's encouraging the daughter. It's like, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Spread that on his skin. It's cool. Go ahead. Yeah, help you to work on his hair. It was the most stupid, ludicrous thing you've ever seen. So if you haven't seen Ega, and I'd recommend the... Uh, the uh, Director of Science Theater version, which mm. is the one to see. Also, for some reason, at one point they're driving along this road, and just off camera, no one, a character you don't ever see or know about, goes, "Watch out for snakes." <laughs> so I never had something else I remember about it. Okay, so anyway, Ugh. So again, this came out in '92, one disc, and it was published by an outfit called the. Well, actually, the publisher on this is kind of weird. In fact, a lot of this is weird. I looked up the developer Ego Software. They must have been part of Blue Byte to a certain Which degree. Which we just talked about on Severs. That's right. Because Blue on some of the previews and reviews I saw in magazines, Blue Byte was listed as it developing this in-house. I don't know I don't know why. I don't know if it was a screw up. I don't know what was going on, but but the Blue Byte of of, of last week's game. So, um Settlers. Was that what it was? Settlers, yeah. yeah. Um, now, a, yeah. now this has this is, has two players max, and you can have two players simultaneous play. I didn't get to do this, and I was upset. But I did get to play. I did get to watch people having two players. It looked like a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and we should absolutely try this sometime. Maybe on the Amiga, thought we should try it out. Um, this ran on the original chipset, no problem. And this was an Amiga game originally, but it got ported uh, to the uh, C sixty four and to uh, DOS as well. Uh, so not too bad, and this released with a price point of twenty five p nine nine or twenty five pounds nine nine p. So whatever that is in uh, U S money, American at the time. money. Yeah. So 
So I think is that a, the normal price for a game? I think is that that a, seems pretty. Yeah, that's re- I, I think that that's around that area. So the story behind this game, and out the back of this box, I will say is amusing. For one thing, it's got a little logo for the Caveman Cabbie Association in the corner, and then on the upper right, it's, it says the Five Bones Award. Caveman Computing. So they've given themselves an award. I love it when they I do I like that. the Caveman Computing. I, I'm, that could be a magazine we could see in the future. So the basically, the story of this, and I'm just going to read this verbatim because it's so stupid. Our hero is flying around on, on his board-powered taxi, which is really a crank, a design years ahead of its time. Your task is to help out prehistoric cabbie get his woman. Let me say it again. Your task is to help our prehistoric cabbie get his woman. She is very demanding and very possessive, as most cave babes are. Probably wouldn't fly again, currently. And she always wants something new. Washing machines, vacuum cleaners, and gems. Wow. You know all those little household items that were so handy back in the Stone Age. The only way our hero could give her those things is to work like a nutter, caveman cabbie. That's, what does that mean, a nutter, caveman cabbie? Have the chat explain that to you. Mm. So... That's a cute way of saying you're a cabbie. Right. So this game opens with this great sequence when you start the game of a caveman, a little caveman. He's sleeping under a tree, and an apple falls on him, and he has a revelation. And his revelation is to build this flying box Mm -hmm. and become a caveman cabbie. And that's what he does. And that's where the game begins, with level one, and you're you're the cabbie in the caveman times. So do you want? To, I know you played this extensively. Uh, what would your take on the uh, on the premise and the makeup of the uh, of, of the way the levels are structured, the graphics? What do you think about this stuff? So I thought that the story was. I, I mean, it's cute. It's, it's fine. It's not. It's not particularly original, but right. it was amusingly done. Yeah, and just like so many Amiga games. That uh, they spent time with the intro sequence. Uh, unlike a lot of Amiga games, this one actually has good gameplay after the intro sequence. Uh, this game, um, I thought that the the setting was very original. Um, I think that your your what is the name of that craft called? What, did they did they name it? I don't think it had a name. Oh, okay. Your 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 flying your, box. Your if, flying box. For if, for those who haven't seen the game, picture a box. With a little caveman in it with a crank. Crank it sitting on the seat. Mm-hmm. And on top of it are two like palm leaves. Big ones that like spin around like a helicopter. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, but I, I think we don't want to talk about what I think about the game yet. But as far as the production of the, the intro and my initial look at the game, I was impressed. So the premise of the game, and really this, this never changes. The gameplay doesn't change that much. Uh, and, and luckily, they, this game has uh, it has a code, level code system, which mm-hmm. we love. Mm-hmm. So I was able to skip through the levels at my leisure, which I needed to help because I couldn't get more than say six levels in. Um, you are a caveman, and you start on a map on a on a on a screen. It's a it's a single screen game. You're on a platform, and there are caves uh, scattered throughout the level, usually three or four. And each cave has a side beside it with a little number early on, and a cave person will come out and you will drive you will you will drive your your a caveman car up there you'll pick you'll land you'll pick the person up and they'll say they'll say a, a room numeral a room numeral they'll say three two one four and whichever cave is that has that sign in front of it you just fly over drop them off that's it 
it's a simple sounding premise. Now it gets more complicated uh, in that the the uh, uh, the flying machine drives in an interesting way. You it's I guess sort of like a helicopter. You push up, and the more you the longer you keep your joystick up, the high, the faster it goes up. Mm -hmm. You can actually pull it down and physics. come down real quick. Yeah, and it, it really controls pretty well. Yeah, um, but. Uh, it's difficult enough to make flying uh, interesting. And a lot of the reason it's so tough is because you have a limited amount of real estate on the screen. You can't just go up forever. I mean, the screen doesn't scroll. So once you hit the roof, you've hit the roof. You'll learn early on that if you land too quickly, uh, you will uh, die. Mm -hmm. If you wing across the screen out of control, you'll die. You'll hit stuff and die. Uh, you, can, uh, you can also accidentally land on the people that you're trying to pick up. And then you've got real problems because at the bottom of the screen is a, and this varies on different screens, but the bottom of the screen most of the time is some, is some water. Mm -hmm. And so when you knock these people off, uh, depending on who you knock off, they will fall off the top ledge, the bottom ledge, whichever one they're on, they'll fall into the water and you have to go rescue them. Uh, there are uh, a caveman, cavewoman, but there's an old guy. If the old and most of the time, if you knock them in the water, they'll swim around for a while. You can get down and pick them up. If the old, the old guy, guy, he sinks like a stone. He's, he drops like a rock. Yeah. And one thing they don't tell you in the docks, they don't tell you anywhere. And you just have to learn it yourself. It's like when you lose a guy, you're done. You're done. You got and you have to start to level over. It'll just keep going until you're out of energy. You just mm -hmm. hit escape, start again. That right there, strike one. Yeah. I, I, I hate. That's that. the worst part of the game for me. Uh, I hated the fact that you, if you lose one guy, it would be like playing Crazy Taxi, and if you mess up one time, yeah, you have to start over. I mean, and especially on like the first level, mm -hmm. it's brutal. I mean, at any level, it's brutal. But when you're almost through the level and you accidentally land on somebody or you can't rescue him out of the water. And when that old guy goes down, you're right. I mean, he's gone. Mm -hmm. This guy, I don't know what he's been eating. Well, he's an old guy. He still can float. Good grief. So, uh, the, uh, the their levels change as you go on. Usually, what they'll do is have more intricate paths to get people out. Sometimes, you'll have to take your little uh, flying machine and basically skim across the water on mm -hmm. it. I mean, it can float. So, you can go sideways on the water, and a lot of times, you have to go through caves to and water caves to pick people up. Uh, on some levels, the water will rise, always annoying. Uh, and you have to get peak people up on a lower level before the water gets them. That happens early on, and you're like, it's well, the first time it happens. You're like, what's going on? And once that, and the, this was real creepy and wrong. The first time I had, they had the water rising level at the very bottom of the screen. A guy wants a taxi, and it's an old guy. So you've got to hurry. A second the screen starts, you got to hurry your ship down there to pick this old guy up because once the water comes up past where he can get into your t into your flying machine, he just dies. Yeah. And then the level's over, and you're like, what the heck just happened? Right. Too soon. Um, now, you've got some, uh, uh, aside from just flying around picking people up, you've got another thing you need to take tra keep track of, which is your energy. Because peddling this uh, box around is exhausting, as you can imagine. I mean, I, feel, I about fell apart today mowing the lawn, so I can imagine <laughs> what this is like. So... Uh, you've got fruits. There's, there's usually a tree on that level and a rock. And what you have to do when you need to replenish your energy is to get fruit. To get fruit, you have to take your rock, toss it out of your box, and it'll hit a tree and knock something out, and you can go eat it. Uh, the fruits are apples, lemons, oranges, bananas, cherries, pears, and strawberries. 
Now, I actually did not know that. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know that the button... I guess I never tried to push the button in the game. How far did you get if you didn't know that? I made it pretty far. I'm just that good. I can't believe it. Um, so when you hit the... When the rock hits the tree, the fruit falls out, you go pick it up and you, re, you replenish your uh, your energy. And you can do... You can get a couple... Two or three fruit if you have to. Uh, and there, But here's the thing. And this is something else that plagued me. Uh, if you're carrying that rock... You can land right beside a passenger, and they'll just stand there. They're not getting in. You have to dump that rock. It's threatening to them. You no, know, there's no room. There's no room in the bo- in the box. And so, a lot of times, if you don't pay attention, you'll be waiting for the sucker to get in. You're like, come on, come on, come on! And it's because you got that rock in there. You got to get the rock out. Now, um, if that was all the game had, eh, pretty simple. So they got to add cr- some critters, right? Although not as many as you would expect. So. Yeah. They've got opponents in here. Because there's there's almost 70 levels in this game. There's 69 levels, that's right. So the first thing you come across is the uh, uh, pterodactyl. This is very similar. How do you say that? Pterodactyl? How do you say it? That's I'm reading it just the, like they've got it spelled. The, the P's silent, Aaron. You Ten- never learned that in school, pterodactyl? I know what a pterodactyl is, but I don't... That's like, what that is. Listen, they call this guy the Trioperus. That's a fake name, too. I didn't know it was a real name or not. That's how you spell... That's Doesn't pterodactyl. Matter. Doesn't matter. Hey, you know about the fruit? You're giving me business about the pea? <laughs> I got to get back at you somehow for not knowing about so, the fruit. So, if you've seen the guy... Also, I get him confused on where the heck that is in Joust. That's what he reminds me of. The guy... You remember if you ever played Joust? Yeah. But I think... Isn't he like a condor something? He's got a name. Yeah. It's pterodactyl. That's what it is. I don't know. I made that up. I don't know what it's called. But anyway, in Joust, the thing comes across the screen and tries to eat you. And this pterodactyl comes across and just gets in your way, basically. So it Maybe almost, he's Russian. Pterodactyl. And it almost always happens when you're landing to pick up a passenger. Here he comes. Yeah. Right in your way. And, and he's it, big, too. He's I big. mean, he's massive. Now, the good news is, uh, if he gets irritating enough, you can drop the rock on him, and he'll go away for a while. But he'll come back. So he's annoying. Then the second guy you're going to come across is the dinosaur. The dinosaur doesn't really attack you. He's just sleeping. But uh, his uh, snoring like screws up your your machine. It basically blows you across right. the thing. It's a real pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. And then the last guy is a guy, and I, they've got two names for him, so you know, your mileage may vary. I've got Trioperus, and then I've also got Triops. Mm. But basically, he's like... Uh, He's a dinosaur, a horned dinosaur that he, he just stands around, right? If you're past, you're standing beside him. He doesn't care. But when that machine comes down, he gets pissed off, and he tries to run you over. That's basically what happens. So you've got to get out of the way or help screw up. You know, again, he'll screw you up. Uh, and so those guys are uh, scattered throughout the levels. The one thing you have to do often with the uh, with the uh, uh, Trioperus, which I don't know why they didn't just call him a Triceratops, yeah. but that's what they've got, Trioperus. Maybe that's the German name for it. It could be, man. It's probably probably the guy who wrote these docs just misspelled it. Has all that, but uh, the uh, you you have to hit him with the rock, stun him, pick the pasture up, take off before he wakes up. It gets real complicated and intricate. Not really complicated, but there's a you have to be very adept at the uh, maneuvers. Yeah, yeah. Now, again, we mentioned there were sixty nine levels, and and the levels are uh, uh, you know again I, I played about the first. I cheated my way through with the first 20 levels, and I skipped around, mm-hmm. okay? There are some things that get added later on, like they, like levels. There'll be levels that don't, their sign is blank. And mm-hmm. so someone will request to go to one of the blank levels, or you can end up going to the wrong one. There's some levels where the pattern you take to get places is real important. Uh, 
there's some levels that you have to go like basically almost underwater. If you go quick enough, you can kind of sink your ship and go under ledges and stuff. Uh, but one thing this game doesn't do very well is um, mix it up. Uh, we've played a game, we've played several games this sort of, uh, not this exact kind of gameplay, but a game where you go, what was that game we played where you had to go around and rescue those people? It was multiple screens and yeah. they were real tiny. The Merry Men. Yeah. What was that? Do you remember the name of that game? I can't remember off the top of my head. But <sighs> It was the game with the Merry Men. Yeah, but that game was far more... Uh, Chat, if you can recall. It was far more... Um, it was a lot more variables. And I stuff agree. Going on. I agree. I think there's a lot of similarities. It does because the, the characters just are, are tiny. This is a much easier game. All right, and and it's not. And it's easy. much more accessible. I mean, you can jump right in and know what you're supposed but to do. But that game was had a lot more ga- gameplay going forward. And as I looked at the reviews for this, I saw this come up uh, more than once. So I didn't. I felt about the same way. Benefactor. Benefactor. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Duncan. Uh, this game has a lot of similarities because you're rescuing people. It's, I mean, in benefactor, and in this you're moving them. It's mm-hmm. basically it's the same thing. Um, I like I like the plot of this. I'm always a sucker for these like taxi cab type games. I like the music. I like the graphics. I liked most of everything about it. But I did I have to admit that um, after playing it for a while, it just kind of got boring to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even with cheating to skip levels that I'd already played over and over. Um, it's, I don't know how much... It was fun for a quick throwdown, but I don't know how much I want to go back to it. Now, that said, uh, two players looks like a lot of fun, uh, where you're sort of helping each other pick up all the uh, passengers. There's even a few two-player-only two levels that you can go to. Uh, I like the idea it's got simultaneous play. Uh, I think you could have expanded on this um, concept quite a bit. You know, you could have even gotten some joust-type action in with two players, if you ask me, uh, or had a way to, um, you know, just change the backgrounds. They get kind of stale. You know what I'm saying? The caves over and over again. I'd like to have seen something else after a while. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I. Uh, all of your complaints are sound and valid, which is an odd thing for me to say. <laughs> Finally success. Um I think that this game, when I first started playing it, I was like, man, this is going to be one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, you, like, uh, you sent me a text message like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, 15 minutes later, I had the exact same re- revelation that you did, where it's like literally the whole game is doing the exact same thing in the exact same environment, just with something more stuff in your way. Um, they make a big deal about your, your lady at the beginning of this game. Your lady might as well just be another guy. Like, she doesn't do anything different than the rest of the people. She's just another passenger to pick up. I wasn't even sure that was his lady. I just thought it was a lady. Well, it says introducing Bird in, the, in like, the cutscene before the second the second level. So I assume that that's her name. Um, it would have been nice if they would have integrated, you know, her more into the story. Uh, maybe make her an obstacle where she's throwing, what do you say? She throws at you irons and things or whatever. No, that she wants that she stuff. She wants that stuff anyway. Maybe, uh, so... Maybe just reinforce the misogyny a little bit more. Um, I knew it was and, uh, But, yeah, it's ultimately, I mean, I hate to say this, but it's a dis- disappointment. A disappointment. And, and there's tons of room for more creatures, different maps, uh, what would have been great scrolling screen. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Benefactor. Yeah. Uh, and if that's not possible, uh, other caveman cabins <coughs> that are trying to pick up your fares. 
you know, that aren't two players. I mean, just I mean, it's, it's the two player aspect. Clearly, you could have two on the screen at once. Mm-hmm. Why not have a guy stealing your figures? Why make the Why not make the levels a little more open? Now, I will tell you this: without having read the docs. I believe that there is a multiplier involved. If you drop off somebody early, you get a thing with an X on it. And that's I think right. that multiplies well, your score. It's just like crazy tax. It's the same way. Yeah, but I mean, we didn't mention that before, but that's, yeah. that's something else. And, and it flies out yeah. when you get there quick um, enough. Let me, be, let me be more positive. The way that your craft controls is excellent. Yeah. I'm a sucker for any kind of Lunar Lander type game. Yes. I like that sort of thing. Yes. And the way that the physics are implemented is very, very impressive. Like you said, you have upward momentum. As you press that stick up, you feel your velocity increasing. And, and the way you hit the water and, mm-hmm. sp- and float, that's really, yeah. mean, that's so high-level stuff. The engine, the physics engine, if you will, behind the game is sound. Yeah, absolutely. That part of the game is excellent. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have liked to have seen the game. One thing about this game is, again, if you miss one guy, you're bummed. Okay? So... Which I don't like. You know, give me some more guys. And often you'll finish a level and you'll see another guy coming out. It's like, you know, what's going on? But, I mean, I, I would say that levels until I died and nothing would ever happen. And I've read some of the reviews and they said the same thing. It's, I thought maybe it was just me, but mm-hmm. it's not. Um, the levels get, I mean, this game gets tedious. That's I mean, when you're going back through the levels, they, for whatever reason, it's, I don't find it that fun. To play uh, the game as it is, I don't know what it is. I, it's a X. It's an X factor. I don't know what what would have made it better for me. I think if they would have, it's it's literally the exact same background, the exact same rocks, just in a different pattern every stage. And I skipped forward to like into the '60s mm-hmm. to see if me you know, too. It never changes. And, it, and it's I mean, there's more water. There's more. The caves are different, and you know they're tougher to get to. But the color scheme. Everything about the stages, it's like they, they had a tile set and they're just rearranging the tiles. You know, I think they didn't take do enough with the prehistoric <coughs> angle. I'd like to have seen more stuff, you know, more critters. Uh, I'd like to have seen something that just hounded you instead of that pterodactyl. I'd like to see something that just like followed you around, you know, or uh, uh, um, dinosaurs instead of just sleeping. It, I mean, aside from that one guy, I like to see the guy just come on trying to bite you. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. um, there. I think they got a real good idea, threw it down, and then that was it. I noticed that the guy that did the levels in this, which I actually have his name here, at least one of the, he did some of the levels, was a guy named Peter uh, Schmitz. Uh, uh, he had only one of the games was credit on the Amiga, and it was, he, and it was as a play tester. So I'm wondering about his credentials as a level designer, because again, the level designers just they, they wasn't. It wasn't a big enough mix for me. Now, again, there may be limitations, but I doubt it. I think they just didn't add enough stuff in. You could have had lightning strikes electrifying a ledge when you're on it. You could have had people that you had to, uh, you know, there were a lot of things they could have done to make to make it more interesting. I think it would have been a cool bonus game uh, or bonus stage to have. You start out, you know, you've got a platform and you've got a, a bunch of people on there and you've got to, you know, re- take as many as you can to different spots above. Right. Uh, there's tons of things you or could do Or they could have this. like a fire, mm-hmm. you know. Fire. You know, and they could have, he had to rescue people Heart. out of the fire. You know, that would be cool. Yeah. You know, uh, or, or you know, they did the flood, you know, but I mean, again, you can only do so much right. with what they've got. Right. So it was, it, it, I know, I know somewhere beat it in a horse, but yeah, it, it was, I didn't think it was that much fun after I started playing it. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess if you're really, really good at it, you might enjoy the challenge of it, but it, to me, it, I, it, I wasn't good it enough. It lost its luster pretty it. quick, yeah. So, I'll check a look at the scores on this. I think we're going to be in line with these scores, but 
The people over at Lemon gave it a 7.79, which again is pretty good for the Lemon crowd. Uh, Amiga Action gave it a 74. Uh, Amiga Format gave it an 88. That's high. Uh, Amiga Power gave it a 79. Because remember, Amiga Format is the wacky one where 50% yeah. is like a great game or, or a good game. CU Amiga gave it a 58, and the one gave it a 71. Uh, I would put my score probably in the se- in the seventies. Yeah, I'd say it's a solid seventy-five. I mean, it's a playable game. It's attractive. I like the plot. I like the I like the look of it. I like it's got the a sound. good beat. You can dance to it. But it's not. It's not. And I'm not a guy that needs a lot of de- deep gameplay. But even as an arcade game, I, I would find this a little bit lacking. Um, I looked this up on eBay. Rare is the word I would use. I found now they did have this released as a demo disc. Uh, but uh, I did see a guy selling that, but I never count those. The only copy I saw currently available was in Italy, and the guy was asking 186 U.S. dollars for the box copy. He had it billed as a CDTV version, which piqued my interest. But it, he uh, then once you read the description, it says A500 dash CDTV. Mm. So I guess did it, the CDTV have a disc drive? Um, isn't well, doesn't it have a I CD? Is no, it didn't have the, one out of the box. No, and it's a disc because he showed to open the box. That's what. That's why I looked. I was like, man, did this get a CD TV release that I didn't know about? And no, it did not. But I mean, it will play if you have the disc drive. Um, but overall, as far as the caveman games we listed, I would probably put it somewhere in the uh, uh, I don't know Chuck Rock, probably just below Chuck Rock in my caveman Hall of Fame. But I like I said, the little characters are well animated. The opening's funny, and uh, they have they have personality. I'll give them that. I think this would be another game you, if, uh, that you could come back to in like a portable system, like an, like an iOS or an Android, and you could really spice this up and release it, and it would be a good idea to come back to it. Cool. Aaron, it's time to talk about Amigathon. Okay. So Amigathon is coming up in just over a month, July 7th, 2018. That's crazy. Um, Amigathon is our annual charity fundraiser where we play Amiga games uh, nonstop for 12 plus hours. Oh, um, the uh, we've already had several uh, hundred dollars worth of donations already. If you'd like to donate, you can click on the link in the uh, description of either the podcast or the video if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and uh, we're doing it through Extra Life to benefit Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Um, for every dollar that you donate, Aaron and I will play one minute of your favorite Amiga game or your least favorite Amiga game. Uh, there are some some games I wonder <laughs> we're going to be playing if they're people's favorites or ones that they want to punish us with. Um, but uh, also, you can decide whether your money should go to Aaron getting the pie in the face or me getting the pie in the face. Or, conversely, traversely, you can uh, say, I want you and Aaron to have a high score challenge on this game, and the loser gets the pie in the face. So mm. that's a popular option mm. because right now Aaron is winning in the uh, tie. I, I, don't want, I don't want to get a pie in the face. Um, so, anyway, that is Amigathon. Do you have any words to say about Amigathon, Aaron? I'm, I'm happy with the amount of uh, interest we've already gotten, it's awesome. It's going to start earlier this year. We're going to start at 6.30 a.m. Eastern. So it should let those of you in Europe uh, continue to watch us later on into the night than last year. So um, we're, we're looking forward to that. I uh, It's for a good cause. All the money goes directly to charity. And uh, uh, it always makes me feel happy every time we do it. 
when we did it last year, I had a nice happy feeling. It's lasted and I'm ready to renew the feeling. Yeah. Doing it again. Yeah. I wasn't happy about the pie. But everything else I was <laughs> and we're going to have the same uh, cast of characters. Aaron and I will be there the whole time, of course, but we'll have some of the wacky folks that live in our juncture come and, and visit us. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Amigathon. Uh, I'd also like to thank Chris Folds. Chris Folds for uh, he is an Amigos Game Selection Committee member on Patreon, and he is the one that suggested we play this title. So thank you, Chris, very, very much. Folds. Yeah, um, and uh, I'd like to congratulate Mr. Pixels at Dawn for winning our last Patreon song challenge. Gosh, what was it? It was Come Sail Away I by Sticks. You know what got me on that? I didn't know what it was until you did the drum solo. <laughs> was that it? I was like, oh, it's Come so Sail what Away. So what if I do, what if I do, no, I'm not even going to do it because you just gave me an idea for a future episode or a future song. All right. But not today's song. Oh, oh we got one today? So, um... We have a Patreon page, Aaron, patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast, and uh, all of our Patreon supporters, if you are, uh, donate to us at the supporter level, you get to become part of the illustrious list that gets included in the Patreon song. Illustrious list. That's right. Um, like I said, we've got some new names on it this week. If you know this week's Patreon song, please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. And uh, I will I will announce all of the winners next week. Very good. So here we go. <clears throat> Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross, Leaf Killan, Alan Kebab, Donald Tyler, Level Lord John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha. Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTC, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sorgard Martinson, Edvin Hillan, Blendo 75, Christopher Hustle, Ravi Abbott, Chris Falls, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham, Vepke, Brent, Audi Lane, Denson, Adam, Battersby, O'Brien's, Rudru, and Vintage, Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Stiles, Alan Kebab, Anthony Jarvis, Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Humbert Stott, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjol Bjorn Barmer. Wow. You really, really wasted it out there at the end, didn't you? <laughs> so you've got, and, and I got nothing to say about that. That was beautiful, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. That I, brought a tear to a glass eye. I worked on it all week. Oh, man. That's scary. All right, Aaron. Next week, who knows what we're going to play. No, gonna... We'll just We'll just leave it up to your imagination. Now, we don't have any clue, do we? No, we because, well, I mean, we we know, but we don't know. We know, but we're just not we're not telling nobody. Yeah, because I've forgotten. Um, That's but, what you looked at all week on that. Yeah, I spent too much time on the, um, but you know, 
we want to remind you all that we do record the show live every Friday, except yep. when we don't. Which is, um, we're not recording next week on We Friday. are recording next week on oh, Friday. Are we? Yep. Okay. We're, we're back to back two weeks. Um, and so uh, please join us if you can. We usually start recording around 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, and uh, just like the fine folks in the chat, like Edvin Helland, Duncan Styles, Necronom, Paul H., uh, Trey Guard was in there. Creepy My Dead Chicken Boy, Not Raw, Daniel. Creepy Dead Boy, Daniel Quarter. Whole bunch of fine folks in the chat. The chat is always very active. And uh, that's another benefit of being a Patreon supporter is you get access to our Discord uh, channel where we're talking retro and Amiga and all kinds of nonsense 247. There's all kinds of crazy crap on there. Yeah, it's I like, love some Discord. Of it's just like Discord you know, fitness is, thing and books. Yeah, Discord is the best thing. It's, the, it's my favorite part of every day because, you know, after you get done, you, you finish teaching a class like I do and you're all worn out. You just slump back in your seat and you're waiting for the next class to come in. I just click on the old Discord icon. I'm transported to a wonderland of is awesome. Is that what that is? That's what it is. That's what it is. Oh, God. <sighs> all right, Aaron. It's time to say goodbye. We'll see you all next week, folks. Until then, adios. adios. All right.